Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 233rd episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by AP.net, Audio Technica, and Manscaped. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, the Valkyrie to my geck, my podcast writer, die. You can find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, what the hell is going on today? Oh, not much, not much. I am absolutely buggered from the gym so the old age is seeping through and just a simple gym session now just knocks me out for the entire day <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's it i stood up but was it a uh, was it a bit of a, a cardio day or is it a weights day or are you sort of doing like a bit of a mix uh today was more of like an abs and butt day so um ah uh, yep flinging things around doing a bunch of sit-ups you know yep yep the fun yeah. feel, stuff. you'll feel rough today but you'll feel a bit better tomorrow no but maybe no, still a bit rough it will hurt. <laughs> it, if i've learned anything it just gets worse it gets <laughs> multiplies <laughs> you just just learn to deal with the pain more and more as the days go by what's funny is when you work abs or for me personally <laughs> when it hurts the next day and like you sneeze or laugh or and you're just like because ah, oh! <laughs> it hurts <laughs> curl over oh, into yeah. a curl over into a ball and just want to cry uh, happiness pains me that's it the things the things we do to stay uh healthy and you know, in our best best selves, right? Yeah, we, we try. We really, really try. As the years go on, you got to do what you can. Yeah, yeah. I need to. I need to do a little bit more in that regard. But that's a story for another day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're back here, episode two thirty three of THG. Uh, I haven't really been playing much. I've been playing a lot of the same game as you. It's mm. it's it's crazy that this uh this space bug has uh bitten us in such a way. So um. I guess I'll just sort of briefly touch on it, and if you wanted to go deeper on it too, we can. But, um, yeah, we've all been playing No Man's Sky this past week. Had a crew of four rolling out, going on missions, building stuff, turning our little planet into a township. It was uh, was a (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) We we really followed through on our threat from the previous episode of really uh, making a, essentially, yeah, like a little city space hub on the other side of uh, NATO's planet. Boy, did we! Yeah, we've we've taken over. Uh, it's it's color coded. It's uniformed. Mm. It's it's all where it's meant to be. We still need to probably give the uh, the Pizza Hut a fresh coat of paint, but everything Pizza else is uh, on yeah. brand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was lots of fun. We um we kind of like worked together as a group. So we had your initial um, plot of land that you had. And even you have now, like, kind of renovated. Your area is all, like, fancy now. You've got all these different rooms and different areas allocated now for what they need, like mining and teleportation and all that sort of stuff. It's great. Well, that's it. Well, I learned from, uh, you know, the my No Man's Sky parents and yourself and NATO because you two are sort of, uh, you know, upper echelon god tier of, of No Man's Sky from a build and currency perspective. So I sort of saw... <laughs> you guys started using all them little prefab buildings you can just sort of snap it all together and not mm. worry and it's powered and everything else i'm like okay i need to i need to lift my game up i need to uh step my pussy up as they say on the streets so uh i've been doing that and uh, getting it going oh as they say on the streets yeah well, although full disclosure you kind of get two lessons from your no man's sky parents because i'm all about building a base everywhere i go you know training my companion while nato's just like f that I'm going to explore the world and create a mining enterprise. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's got he's got his bloody freighters and a million ships and a million little underlings going out and making him his cash where I I sort of lean more towards your your styling. I like to just build out and have like a nice big hub and a township and a, and a nice base and have everything looking pretty. That's sort of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. But uh it's been great, and doing some of them Nexus missions was pretty cool. Yeah, been able to roll out in a squad of four and kill stuff, or tame creatures, or find some random crash survivor, and all that kind of thing. It was it was cool to to sort of experience some of the other 
many, many things you can do in this game. Yeah, this was something that was new to me because I obviously never had at least like three other people to play with in order to start the Nexus mission. Um, and Lord knows, as we've learned from all the strangers that hang out in that area, uh, they're probably not the best people to uh, to play uh, a mission with. So it was good to actually roll out with a crew that we could all communicate to each other and get it done. And we got to earn some mm. quiche. Most definitely not. It feels good. It feels like uh, our little little sort of crew and, and all our respective focus areas were going on. It feels like we're all cooking cooking with gas and firing on all cylinders and whatever other yeah. type of metaphor or pun you want to throw at it. But uh, yeah, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm firmly entrenched in uh, No Man's Sky. Played a few more games of Apex here and there over nighttime when I got sort of just a bit of downtime going on. But yeah. outside of that, you've been playing a... A little game on uh, Apple Arcade, I see. Yes, I've been following this game for quite a bit. Um, it's called Co- Cozy Grove. And um, the best way, like, I guess it's described as a, it's like it's like a camping game. Like, you're in a campsite that's haunted by, um, like, it's haunted by little creatures. And it's just like a, a really cute game where you do little tasks of crafting, fishing, and doing little quests for these ghosts uh, so they can kind of learn about who they are and kind of come to terms with, you know, why they are a ghost and letting uh, essentially getting to probably the point where their spirit becomes free essentially. But um, it's by Spry Fox and uh, it's currently available on Apple Arcade only, but I believe in a few weeks' time it will be available to everyone on PC Um console yeah drops drops on steam on april the 9th i'm assuming it'll probably be similar time frame for for console and and switch as well yeah um the best way to describe it like i don't know how many people have played um don't starve together where it's this really cute kind of almost like hand-drawn kind of style um and as well as kind of like what you do where you kind of have to explore the island collect objects craft things so then you can obtain other items in order to sell or create things it's a very chilly like relaxing game it's very chill the music's very sweet and i don't i think it's a really good game to kind of throw on when you don't want to like stress out like um it's it's really adorable and so far i'm really really enjoying it it only came out today so i've only been god damn yeah i've only been deep (laughs) i've been putting in the hours already as soon as i as soon as i saw that it was available for apple arcade and only currently available for apple arcade i was like sweet so i could load it up on the um apple tv so i was actually able to play it on the tv and use the controller that we have that we use with the apple tv so it's nice it's 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 very cute like i really like this sort of like watercolor art Mm -hmm. style it's got going on like with the the way it's sort of um you know all the all the characters and the the worlds filled out and and highlighted it's it's cute it's very much a miss ellie heart game from what i can see just from what i'm i'm looking at um in the back end here and yeah, you can fish. That's uh, you know, so it's it's got its hooks into me partially already. When I see that there's a fishing option, I'm like, oh, do I do I need to get this too? Play it on the uh, on the Apple TV as well. Yeah, like um, I need to get a controller though. I need an Apple TV controller. You don't need to buy the specific Apple one. I believe there is a Steel Series branded one that you can get, and maybe you can actually link up other controllers to it. But um, it does mm. help with certain games. Uh, but I don't know if you're going to be an Apple Arcade person considering. You're an Android person. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd only be playing it on my Apple TV. And then it's like, if I'm sitting down to play games, you'd be, I'd probably play something else. Yeah. That's what I like about this is that I can play it on the TV. And then if I'm out and about, I can just play it on my phone and it's the same save file and everything. Actually, got to be honest, like loading into the Apple Arcade store, they've released so many more games that look just amazing. Um, I've I've really got to go through and actually start picking up on some of these because Apple Arcade has done well in producing bringing through these games onto mobile that are actually high quality. It sounds sounds a little insulting when I say it, but there's a lot of mobile games that kind of come through that are very uh, one dimensional. I guess they don't they they feel like a mobile game, whereas Apple Arcade is bringing games through that actually feel like these games can be played on like console pc kind of thing so um it's been it's been really good so yeah it's, it's a great little indie indie 
hub and indie showcase, isn't yeah. it? Apple Arcade. Yeah. So, uh, and it's what is it? Six bucks a month, I think, or something I like believe, that. I believe, yeah. So, um, we have like a family plan here between me and my husband, so we only pay for once, and yeah, so we both have a- um, access to Apple Arcades and. Um, Nice. Well, if you feel like uh, adopting a, a 34-year-old child to oh, add sure. to that family plan, I, I know a guy. <laughs> he's, he's house trained, he's toilet trained, he's fine. <laughs> hey, with all the uh, cooking I've been seeing you doing with the smoker, my, as long as that comes with the child, yeah, we'll be glad Done. to adopt. Package deal. All right. <laughs> Outside of that, I've been, been watching some things. So, um, I watched the first episode of Falcon Falcon and the Winter Soldier last uh, night yeah. before I hit the hay. Mm-hmm. I like where they're going with it. I like that they're sort of fleshing out these two characters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The first episode doesn't give you a whole lot. It's sort of just, uh, I guess, giving you some some backstory about where where these two have been um, after the ending of, of Endgame. So this is the show set like six months afterwards and it's, I guess, showing the the flow-on effect of, of what's happened with that and everyone coming back from the blip and all that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm avoiding spoilers, but I enjoyed it. Like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're great actors like Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are really great in their roles and uh, I think they're, they're great on the screen. And I'm curious to see what else they're going to try and ram in in the next five episodes. It feels like it's going to be very compressed because it is only a six-episode season or six episode run i don't know if they're looking to to do this as a multi-seasonal thing but it was cool it was fine it was more marvel but it was a big big jolt for me because the night before uh the the schneider cut dropped around the world on hbo max or binge here in australia and uh i sat and watched that on thursday night and uh going from a near four hour i guess slow burn real character uh, study that Justice League is to Falcon and the Winter Soldier it was very, very stark contrast. I bet. Uh, it was it was crazy, but I really, 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 really enjoyed uh, the Snyder Cut. It was great. There's a few things there that like they could have done without. Uh, they could probably have lessened the amount of like slow mo cuts in it. There is a lot of those oh. uh, to add emphasis to certain things, obviously with the Flash and his super speed where, you know, he sees things really slowly. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Uh-huh. But overall, uh, it's a completely different movie to uh, old Joss Whedon's release a couple of years ago uh, where obviously Joss came in halfway through after after Zach lost his daughter and had some issues with the DC studio group and everything else. Yeah. Uh, it's night and day. Like um, there's there's developed character arcs for everybody in this movie now uh not only just fleshing out the 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 primary big bad from the first movie in steppenwolf seeing where where he's come from what he's dealing with and and sort of working out why he is the way he is uh but all the main justice league characters get a get a full full fleshed out arc and story um and it's funny because in the first iteration of this movie cyborg was just like this angsty robot dude with no real development but he is front and center is probably the star of this movie oh, uh, wow. the way they've they've sort of cut it and it's it's really great to sort of see what he came through and, and everything that that old victor stone had to deal with and and the trouble with his family and his dad and you know his dad making him what he is and rah rah rah, rah and it's really good like there's there's some really heartwarming moments from every character involved in this movie mm. some big emotional payoffs uh some some cool fights uh there there is a couple of moments with the the new cgi that they've added in with this cut where it does feel like it's a little bit cheaper than other mm. parts like it doesn't break the movie and and you don't lose immersion but there is a few parts where you're like Ooh, yeah, I can I can sort of see that there. That that's uh, that was done at the two dollar store CGI as opposed to the the lead in. Like it still looks good, mm. but it's noticeably different. But it's a marathon. Uh, it is a big big oh, movie. Man. Like it's yeah, nearly four hours worth of runtime. It is broken up into into chapters, so you can pause oh. when it gets to them and and go take a break or get some snacks or whatever you want to do. But I did it. I did it in one hit. I just went all right. Let's go. Got my KFC, smashed my KFC. Within the first. Watched this thing from, from front to back. Yeah. My stomach regretted the KFC about probably six chapters in, but uh, <laughs> it was well worth it. But I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I know 
I think it's a little bit divisive on on social media. It there's is a lot of so people that mixed. Yeah. Yeah, there's some people that 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 love it and adore it and and I'm I'm in that camp like I'm I'm not trying to be overly positive or biased or ignorant but knowing what that movie was and what it is now with this this sort of fully developed Zack, Zack Schneider vision um I think it's really really good and well worth a watch. It's it's some of the best DC or some of the best broader comic book screen time i've i've seen in god knows how long like it's up there for me like it's up there like yeah i i really adored what they did with this movie and and just just seeing how the the characters are portrayed and showcased and showing them in these vulnerable positions and whatever else i think it's really really well done and i i definitely recommend anyone that's that's a fan of of comic films or has watched the first one and thought it was a bit ho-hum this is night and day like it's still not a perfect movie but knowing where that other one was to where this one is. Like, I know it's a bit of a low bar to jump over, but I really, really liked it. It should be interesting considering I haven't seen the movie at all. So this will be me coming in with just like a fresh set of eyes and having an opinion based on what's in front of me as opposed to, well, it's better than the other one. Like, I'll be going in judging it as is. So You're very lucky in that regard. You haven't uh you haven't sort of been scolded already by uh by the first viewing and, yeah. and you're going in with fresh eyes. Like that's that's a very fortunate position to be coming from, that's for sure. It's the four hours that's stopping me. Um every time I thought about like starting to watch it, it's like, yeah, but four hours. Like it's like one of those things like I'm I'm like, you gotta like can can I like watch it the next day? Like watch one half and watch the second half kind of thing or is it like a rhythmic thing where maybe it's like no watch it all in like one sitting so i think you could do either if i'm being completely honest like the way the way these these chapters are are sort of fleshed out with your with like the the in chapter arc or resolution that each of each one of them i guess are trying to set up and then then complete Mm. it is a way where you could probably watch the first three or four and then go you know what i need i need a break i'll come back to this tomorrow or later today or whatever so Mm. um it doesn't cut like midway through a pivotal scene where you're like fuck i can't remember what happened now like it's it'll cut at the end of like a scene and then a, a new sort of scene or area or um story evolution picks up from there so i think you can watch it over a couple of days if you wanted to the best way to look at it is if it does have the chapters as you mentioned is maybe i can approach it thinking it's like a tv show so yeah Mm. yeah but then you could just be like me and just uh have little little restraint and just binge until your eyes fall out (laughs) and watch it all in one hit so that's the fight i'm fighting with everyone else whenever i complain about four hours of this movie and it's like coming from the person who sits down and watches like god knows eight hours of svu in one sitting but like (laughs) Yeah, so look at it as a television version of Justice League. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'd love to get your feedback because you're the you're sort of the the DC uh, purist amongst the two of us. Like, mm-hmm. I still adore that world and whatever else, but I know you definitely gravitate towards those characters more compared to Marvel. Yeah, but usually when there is a strong focus on uh, the villains, usually when it's focused on majority of the heroes um and this one is like (laughs) a big focus on the heroes but there's that person that apparently appears in this that i want to see how he turned out especially considering his first run as a villain didn't go down well so i'd be interested to see this version They've done they've done steppenwolf justice in this Mm. uh i think like in the first movie it was not really portrayed that well, but they flesh him out and give him some vulnerability and give you like, you know, what they I guess they're starting to do more often in a lot of these comic book movies is they justify or his actions become relatable where you can be like, okay, I get where you're coming from here. Like I can empathize with you a little bit, mm. Mr. Bad Person, because <laughs> I'd probably be feeling similar if I went through the shit you did type of thing. So um, yeah, he's, he's, he's fleshed out. They've got a lot of weight to his actions and what he's doing it for and why and, and you can sort of get it and and he's the armor he's got on him like i know you haven't watched the first one but it's so much better looking in this where it's just all like it's like sentient armor and it moves when he's like with his emotions and stuff it looks so damn cool but i've seen screenshots from the first one of what he kind of looked like so i've got, I've got something to base that off <laughs> it's great and it's more violent 
Uh, oh, like cool. it's it's got the US like R rating, which over here I guess is your M- MA equivalent maybe. So there's like more bloodshed, more dismemberings. There's some swearing, all this kind of stuff. Oh, so cool. it's a nice darker tone where the 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 Whedon cut was more. You know, let's let's chuck some more jokes in and make a little bit more whimsical and just go from set piece to set piece. Where this one, it is a slow burn. It's a character analysis and and showing these emotional arcs that that all of the characters go on, good or bad. So, hmm. yeah, check it out. Check it out. I loved it. I don't think I'll watch it again for a little while because it is a big, <laughs> big meal to try and fit in. Yeah. But yeah, I could see this is like similar to what I do with like the Lord of the Rings movies where I'd sit and like watch it. Like I do the Lord of the Rings back to back to back every year. Mm. And I think I'd watch this like as a yearly thing as well, I reckon, because it is just one of those big epic, epic movies that just, it just got me. I've got only me seen in all the right places. Lord of the Rings. So that's not a good comparison. <laughs> oh, n- not as in like they're similar movies, but like I just like having those big marathons sometimes uh-huh. where I like to watch you know, a big story play out in one hit and that's what this movie is for me. Fair enough. Yeah. But give it a look because I want to hear your feedback. <laughs> we'll find out. Hopefully I'll watch it next week. I'll make time. <laughs> yeah. you got you got to find about four hours. So, uh, <laughs> you know, break that out over a couple of days if you need to or just look at it like a TV show. Will do. But uh, while you're looking at that, uh, listeners, if you want to uh, back us, at a monetary level, you can obviously head on over to ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit and support us for the low, low price of $5 AUD a month, which is going to get you early access to a slew of podcasts, automatic entries into our monthly giveaways, as well as some other 8-bit swag that is going to be delivered and scattered throughout the year and beyond. Um, if you can't support us monetarily, that's more than fine. Obviously, be sure to rate, view, subscribe us on your podcast player of choice, preferably have a podcast if you can or Spotify but those ratings reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts and if you want some limited edition sort of one-time swag obviously jumping back over to ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit you can uh, get yourself one of these exclusive 8-bit founders coins uh, you know single, single run never to be repeated available they're in my hands right now this is that's the coin touching the microphone bit of ASMR for you I'm biting ah! it it is all metal it is Nothing but the best quality. And uh, yeah, $20 AUD gets one of these bad boys delivered to you anywhere on planet Earth. Uh, the first batch of coins were dispatched this past week Ooh. to all those fantastic people that have subscribed or supported us already. So thank you for that. And obviously, uh, we've also got the Star Wars Family Portrait Edition running for 2021. So if you want to get immortalized as your favorite Star Wars or least favorite Star Wars character, it's totally up to you. Uh, $50 AUD gets you... Uh, not only your own personal avatar, but also the overall complete group shot when it is finished at the back end of this year as well. But, Miss Hart, after we're done talking about Kofi, maybe we can go and listen to some lo-fi with this ad read. Now, listeners, do you ever worry that you won't ever succeed in finding all three mother boxes because they're hidden away in your unkempt, dense pubic hair? Well, worry no more as the purveyors of perfect pubic hair have you covered? The Perfect Package 3.0 kit by Manscaped is equipped with everything you need to keep your lasso of truth clean and ready for any demon that comes your way. It all starts with the Lawnmower 3.0, complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology. It's going to have you feeling richer than Bruce Wayne and more state of the art than Cyborg. It also comes with an assortment of liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels are the Crop Preserver. It is an anti-chafing deodorant that will keep your bits smelling as fresh as Aquaman's ocean. This is a total game changer. Why are you not already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that will have you protected like a kryptonite suit. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag to carry your batarang and grappling hook, disposable shaving mats, and a set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And listeners, we've got a very special offer for you guys on order today. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com using the code ATEBIT. And remember, people, nobody wants your dark side to be messy, hairy, sweaty, and dirty. So check out manscaped.com and use the code 8bit at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. 
This week's news headlines. And the first little quick hitter, I thought I'd just chuck it in there to get your uh, your sort of shoot from the hip feedback here. Mm-hmm. We uh, we copped our first look at the upcoming uh, PS PS5 VR controllers. Uh, big change from the old uh, ones that we were used to from the first iteration of the uh, original PSVR. They're pretty funky looking, I gotta say. Um, <laughs> you know, you're certainly not going to have them. Probably, uh, you're not going to lose them by any stretch of the imagination. One thing I found interesting is they've uh, separated the face buttons. So your, your X, circle, triangle, and square, instead of them all being on, say, the, the right hand for, for like when you're using a controller typically, yeah. uh, they've broken up and they've got two on either side, which they've got the same on the wands as well. But uh, yeah, I think they look nice. They look like they're pretty ergonomic for your hands. Mm. Uh, and, and the fact that the tracking's done through the headset. Keen to see more of this tech uh, when we get some some more showcasing and highlighting sometime this year. Yeah, ergonomic is definitely a good way to explain how they kind of look. And a part of me actually thinks that these would look a little nicer if you had to have them out on display. Like it's an item that you can't really have tucked away too much. They actually actually look like they could actually fit in some kind of environment and be almost like a centerpiece. So they're not too uh harsh on the eyes um i am also glad that this stupid anything to do with a strap to your wrist when it comes to a controller has always just been bane of my existence so it looks great i think it's a positive move yeah so they look like they they look like they're sort of flipped oculus quest controllers like the oculus quest controllers have that sort of circular um circular area where you're going to put your hands through at the top of the controller. So they almost look like they're just sort of inverted quest controllers, but I like them. They remind me of like a, you know, like a rapier sword, you know, like a sword. Oh yeah. Like the hands. It's sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like you stick. (laughs) That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Stick a sword on the top of these things and you're you're ready for battle, but uh, they look nice. And I like that they're sort of that black and gray color as opposed to white. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the darker palette as opposed to going the white like the PS5 console currently is. So hopefully the headset follows that same blueprint as well. Oh, yeah, actually, that's going to be a bit of an eyesore against your uh, bright white fucking console. But oh, well, mm-hmm. can't complain. Let's keep everything on the darker side. Yeah, yeah. And I just I just like VR. And I like that it's getting like it hasn't been parked. Like Sony hasn't gone, mm. you know what? We we had some success, but we're, we're moving on. They're still going down this tech side with their... Dual Sense and banana controllers, and, and now with PS5 VR. So, uh, yeah, I'm keen to see what happens with that. Mm. Uh, the the next bit of news, just title this one: Is it hip to be a Square Enix? And this uh, highlights everything announced in this week's Square Enix presents. Uh, it is wrapped up with the re- reveal of the next Life is Strange game, a look ahead at the future of Marvel's Avengers, and a few bits and pieces for Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary year. But the show kicked off. It's just mentioned by Lara Croft uh, for her 25th birthday through the uh, highlighting the re-releases of old games and Lara Croft popping up in other titles such as Fortnite. On that note, Croft Manor will also be playable in a creative level within Fortnite <laughs> this coming week. There'll also be a Tomb Raider cookbook. Uh, okay, everyone, like you know, I can I can respect uh, cookbooks. I've got the Destiny cookbook at home here. Uh, still haven't made a thing out of it, but uh, it looks good. But yeah, I like that they've done the the most recent trilogy in in a in one pack for like twenty bucks US was already available on the Xbox and PlayStation stores. Mm. Uh, fantastic trilogy. Uh, so they 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 sort of led off with that on the back of uh, yeah Lara Croft's twenty fifth anniversary, and then uh, yeah it was just uh, going through some upcoming hits with the Fortnite focus and some mobile discussion and things like that. But I thought it was pretty cool. I thought. You know, this little bundle's a great way to get into these games because the price point's great and they're a phenomenal set of three games that you need to you need to experience. Yeah. IMO. Well, I don't know. For something like where they were trying to hype up Lara Croft's 25th birthday, um, I kind of expected a little bit more to kind of, like the way that they tried to sell it to you, like it honestly felt a little bit like filler where they said here's a cookbook here we are making that anime remember oh by the way we are also going to do another movie so we've also got that in the pipeline but here are those three games bundled together 
you felt it was a bit weak i kind of thought that if you were celebrating an event like this like maybe something like i don't like i don't know like something else i honestly thought something else was going to come up so to me it kind of felt like they wanted to make a big deal but they didn't really have enough to kind of prop it up um, yeah so i get you yeah so they just sort of just went shit we need to fill this goodie bag real quick just toss everything you can in there to, to make it appealing to the guests yeah like El- like, I would love to get excited for Lara Croft. Like, the, the games like Tomb Raider that have been with us for a long time, the fact that I remember playing it, on, for me, I played it on PC, and just seeing, like, her character evolve and, like, from, you know, from those very boxy, humble beginnings and then seeing how, you know, they've interpreted her in this new age and making her what I feel is a positive female role model um, in the gaming sphere and... You know, she holds her own, um, always used in contrast to, like, Uncharted. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, when you want to celebrate something, you, you, I felt like there should have been maybe a little bit more, but Vegas can't be choosers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. They, they, they certainly could have uh, made it more of a spectacle, and it's. I guess it's a shame that they didn't have more big brand new announcements like it was just a rehash or a refresher of this is coming and remember this is still in the works and whatever it wasn't like here's a new game and it's coming boom it's like yeah like just give a us a trailer for the anime maybe or give us a yeah. sneak peek of like the movie or something i don't know it's just it kind of was like here's a cookbook here's this and here's that by the way like good luck yeah it's a, it's a shame because uh yeah she she's a fantastic character and that franchise is you know known for like it's it's where uncharted came from like the bones of tomb raider is what uncharted is really mm. so uh yeah but we'll probably see some more but yeah get get on if you haven't played the the latest three games get on that trilogy pack like i can't remember what the pricing is listed here on the au stores but yeah i saw it was 20 bucks us on the playstation and xbox marketplaces so uh you got nothing to lose there and that's yeah that's 60 plus hours of game time at a minimum across that for for 20 odd bucks so uh you're coming out ahead there Uh, they also teased a smattering of mobile games uh just cause mobile multiplayer hitman sniper assassins and what sounded like a pokemon go style ar mobile game named space raiders ar i got no real skin in the game of these like uh you know i know we just talked about uh, how great apple arcade is but these three games did less than zero for me on the interest scale like nothing against them they'd they're probably be great games for certain people out there but they just uh not for this guy my, not for me my biggest problem with um just cause the mobile um uh, and this is my stupid awareness when before they started talking about these mobile games they actually did you know bring up a screen saying mobile gaming Oh, something of that variation. And then I saw the trailer for this Just Cause thing, and it was pretty cool. It was pretty action-packed, fast-paced. I'm like, oh, what's this? And it was like Just Cause mobile game. We didn't actually see any gameplay. So it was a really cool, punchy trailer. (laughs) But it it didn't really show you too much. And then any of the the other ones, the Hitman, Sniper, Assassins, and, um, yeah, the Space Raiders AR like when they were they were selling that this they did this whole montage about um like space invaders like just going through time and then making them appear in the you know public space and i was like what are they what are they what are they going to do to you know <laughs> zhuzh up this game and make it more interesting and yeah apparently ar Mm. yeah it was like showed me okay fair (laughs) enough fair enough following on from those mobile announcements we got a big old chunky avengers update Mm. so uh yeah there was there was focusing on the the latest hawkeye addition to the game uh got a brief glimpse at avengers future with two additions due in spring uh which is the the tayshon anomaly and the red room takeover red room takeover is releasing sort of in parallel with the uh black widow movie coming out uh, in the in the next few months and then we also got uh two for summer in quotes and beyond so that's you know winter australia and beyond that's project omega and wasteland patrol 
Uh, we also got the announcement that Black Panther War from Wakanda brings T'Challa back to the game, or into the game, I should say, sorry, later in 2021. But the big old surprise for me, and I think a lot of the internet out there, is there was no mention at all regarding the uh, the Sony Spider-Man exclusive character. Uh, no date, no mention that uh, Peter Parker's rolling in anytime this year, nope. which is just strange to me. Uh, very strange. And... Um, yeah, like uh, we've got the the next gen release out right now, and we might uh, might just jump ahead to a part in the in the dock here, and then sort of weave back into this Square Enix. I think it's going to weave in nicely. Tweet of the week, and this comes via way at Tom Warren. So obviously we got the uh, the next gen upgrade of Marvel's The Avengers that dropped this week, and. Um, yeah, so we'll sort of go with Marvel's The Avengers from their official handle first because there's been a lot of uh, a lot of flack getting thrown regarding the upgrade from PS4 to PS5. So the way you do it, uh, you know, this is from the official Marvel's Avengers Twitter and it's like, how to migrate your save from PS4 to PS5? Launch the fully patched PS4 version and go to the save migration tab on the main menu to initiate the upload. Once the migration is done, launch the PS5 version where you're prompted to download the data. Next tweet. If you have the PS4 and PS5 version of the game on the same console, save migration is necessary to boot the save on the PS5 version. Next tweet. You'll need to download the latest update for the PS4 version so you can download the PS5 version. If you're running the version of the PS4 game that has not been updated, you won't see the save migration tab and won't be able to transfer save data. And then at Tom Warren comes in over the top and he just says, how to migrate your save from Xbox One to Xbox Series X? Launch the game. (laughs) So, uh... (laughs) You can see the, the, the back-end architecture and how they handle these things is uh, clearly very night and day. Mm. Like, um, and, and this, isn't, this isn't anything new. Uh, similar situations have occurred. Like uh, I remember when we did the Assassin's Creed Valhalla spoiler cast and uh, Jono playing it on the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5 caught these difficulties where I was on the Xbox um, Series X and it was just yeah just installed it and away I went like uh you know but uh yeah it's uh a little bit of a pain in the bum hopefully Sony can get that back end upgrade migration thing tidied up over the coming months or years I don't know but mm. yeah very different how they go about things yeah it's actually pretty interesting that oh I mean technically both consoles gloated the fact that they had the ability to upgrade your games onto the new gen console but you know xbox has essentially probably seen the better execution of this process a lot of people actually referred to this tweet as being uh microsoft's win over the whole um sharing games um that microsoft did ages ago where they said you couldn't share games between your friends because and the playstation did the whole thing where they like had to share games on playstation and they handed it Mm -hmm. to each other so they said that this is microsoft's kind of get back on that i guess so it was a very sneaky little jab and uh, the older xbox the xbox smart delivery is is a thing of beauty uh i i love it any any game that i've i've had on prior gen to new gen now it's been a really seamless process for for installing it and just loading up an old save like there's been zero headaches for me I zero had no for any issue of the games with, I played. Uh, Yakuza like a dragon I didn't have any issues it just happened <laughs> it just happened it's great it's so good it's so good but yeah so we got a got a good chunk of Avengers info uh yeah we've got uh Black Panther rolling into the game later this year we've got some additional additional content new and unique biomes to go in with some new uh, bosses and enemies that you're going to be battling so they're still pumping money and energy and effort into this game i just don't know where, what the player base is at i haven't seen sort of recent numbers but maybe with this next gen upgrade uh it might inject a little bit more excitement back into this game and, and bring the players back uh mm. i'm in no rush to get back to it which is a shame because I was a big fan of the game mm. leading up to release. But yeah, I'll, I'll get to it eventually and play some more. But like, yeah, it's sort of the ship sailed a little bit for me. But if there was anything is. to get me to play this game, it would be this Hawkeye kind of content. And I've watched a few streams of it already of people playing this 
specific Hawkeye content. And to be honest, I actually like it. They've, um, Ooh, they've, okay. but it, it, I like it because of the angle that they've gone with both Clint, who's Hawkeye and with Kate, um, who's also Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> Um, so, but I like the, that these characters um, are very reminiscent of Matt Fraction's um, Hawkeye, which is a great comic. Please read it, everybody. And I like the kind of you know they're they're sarcastic, they're you know you know no filter. And then there's also the dog as well. Um, they call Lucky, but I always call Pizza Dog. Um, so I, it looks good. I liked I liked how they went with it, but. I haven't seen someone play the full content, so I don't know how long it goes for. I don't know, yeah. you know, how much of a grasp it will hold on to the player base. So will it be just enough until Black Panther comes in? Who knows? Yeah, I'd I'd say I'd say these little little uh, packets they're releasing, it's gonna be anywhere from two to six hours as far as the 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 story you're gonna get out of out of Hawkeye and, and Black Panther and things like that when they drop. So it's they're good little nuggets. And the fact they're free, so you can't complain too much. Oh, like yeah. you're not paying for these bits of DLC. So you can't you can't piss and moan that it's not long enough or not deep enough when you're not paying Ooh. a cent for it. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh it looks good. Like the the graphical upgrade I think at least uh, like the characters look like they, I thought they look good they in the prior gen, but they look even better now. They like do. They're, they're pretty slick. Yeah. And then all the the crazy skins that you can get for the character just make them look as badass or you get a Ronin you know, one. bonkers as you like. Yeah. Was that sorry? Uh, the Ronin, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, like, and yeah. but I have one with him as a bald, with a bald head as well, which I'm not. A f- <laughs> <laughs> and with uh, with that with Pizza Dog, as you said, uh, there's unique pat animations for every single character yes. that you can play as in the game, which I thought was cool. Yes, um, the Twitter um, user we. Uh, you can pat the dog. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Which is a great, a great follow for anyone that's interested. Yeah. They, um, they sequenced all the characters, um, patting the dog and it's great because they all have their own unique, unique way of approaching, um, the pup. So yeah. Cute. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, after, after that, we've got, uh, the big reveal of life is strange, true colors, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful looking new setting cast and special power. It's developed by Before the Storm Studio Deck Nine and features a crossover character from Before the Storm. Another Life is Strange news, the series' original season and Before the Storm are getting remasters with new facial mocap due later this year. Wow. Which is, you know, I think that's cool. Like, um, these games, they've never been known for the graphical fidelity. No. Like, uh, it's, it's about the story. It's about the narrative hook and the themes and the... Uh, the very relatable situations that these characters go through. Uh, I think that's what this game's outside of supernatural abilities and okay. things like that, obviously. But like, you know what I mean? Like they're a lot of real themes. A lot you of know? raw emotions. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that people can relate to uh, playing these games. But the fact they're going to give it a bit of fresh coat of paint and uh, pump that fidelity up to accompany that uh, that set emotion, I think that's a good thing. Uh, and then, um, yeah, they wrapped up with uh, a bit of a look at PlayStation 5's timed exclusive Project Athea, which now has the new name of Forspoken. Uh, Ella Balasinka, the actress behind the main character Frey, was introduced in a new trailer and the game is due out in 2022. Miss Hart, what do you got to throw regarding some of these Life is Strange announcements as well as Forspoken? What did you think about these uh, final ones before they closed up? You, I'm not um, really big into life is strange i've never played it but as you said it's a very um narrative heavy kind of game um so it's that's obviously kind of not my thing i'm not very drawn to narrative focused gameplay so i haven't played it's got a massive fan base so i understand Mm -hmm. why these um you know why these games keep on coming out and i'm happy for the fan base because i gotta say the true colors um this the the overall theme about this character being able to sense people's emotions and then they're able to harness if it's too strong they're able to kind of you know really it, it seems like they kind of like can let out a power themselves if they if they feel people's emotions really strongly i thought it was nice and i love the actual color amongst it and everything so it looked nice but i just know i won't play it because it's not my kind of game but that's perfectly fine 
a lot of other people are going to play it though so that's the good thing oh yeah yeah i know it's very very popular the my twitter feed was just full of very happy fans though um however for spoken looks beautiful mm-hmm. um it looks gorgeous mm-hmm. when we got a, like a short snippet of this one way what was it last year that we saw like that very brief snippet um, yeah it was at the game awards i'm pretty sure yeah. so december last year i think it got uh highlighted yeah so it was like it was a very very short little bit um but i was already hooked onto that because graphically it looked stunning and then we got to see a little bit more we got introduced to the actress who was playing the character and she seems lovely um and i'm just intrigued more because we saw her in a setting where she's seems to be in this rundown building and there's a dragon but she herself is wearing what appears to be modern clothing so, you know, that's got me very intrigued to see where this is going. So, looks Yeah, gorgeous. I was very curious. I, I don't know. For some reason, I had like weird um, never-ending story vibes. Where what? Somehow she's, like, I just kept thinking about like she's been transported through to some fantasy realm where like, where you said, like that she's got the modern day clothing yeah, and stuff. Like I, I thought, guess, yeah. I wonder if they're going to go that kind of route. I guess. I, I don't know. And I just wanted to shout out that movie. <laughs> Falcor. <laughs> Sebastian. Never seen it. <gasps> Never seen Never it. Never seen it. I heard it's a horse dies, the... though. I don't want to. Don't really want to get on board of that. Yeah, but there's more to it than just a dead horse. Put that on a shirt. Mm-hmm. It's a big, beautiful dragon dog. Falcor, right? Yeah, mm. you can ride him. <sighs> anyway, uh, overall, I thought uh, I thought this Square Enix presents was was okay. I think there was a some cool things shown. I think I agree with you 100% regarding they could have done more to to prop up and and add some weight to the Tomb Raider 25th anniversary. Mm. Uh, it's cool to see they're still throwing time and focus towards Marvel's The Avengers. Hopefully that game doesn't die out, but uh, you know it just still feels like it's in the 12th round against the ropes type of thing. Yeah, but. Uh, Overall, I thought it was cool and I'm a fan of these events, you know, one of these popping up from various uh, developers or publishers every few months is great because it keeps people in the loop and uh, it keeps people interested in upcoming content. Um, Yeah, you know. But sadly. I was just thinking I'm going to take a step back because at first I was going to say, yeah, it's kind of lackluster. But then I realized that it's something that we've actually discussed about how we think it might be better for studios to actually have their own events so they can just straight up say this is what we've got and i i should really kind of tone it down by not like saying like eh, didn't feel like much it's like well no it's it's not about me it's about the studio offering up what they have in the works what they've got to offer and it's about them less about you know having to get me excited about everything it's just them telling the world this is what we've got so yeah, I actually think it was good. If that if that's what they're kind of showcasing at the moment and that's what they have to offer, then it's great. I s- still stand by the fact that studios should have their own events and should hype up what they've got going on and should hype up the team that have been working on things and get give them their own special hour to be able to shine and show what they're what they've been working on. So definitely, definitely, and, and like they've got tons of other games in the works that they haven't highlighted oh, course, because yeah. they're them ensuring that some of these other projects get the adequate time to shine. Exactly, like, yeah. No doubt we're going to get another pass at something similar to this from Square on the back of Digital E3 and stuff like that in, in three, four months' time anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, but still cool. Um, something that's a little less cool, Gotham Knights has been delayed to 2022. So this uh, was announced overnight. Uh, WB Games Montreal's Cult Batman game was originally meant to be released sometime this year, but that will no longer be the case. According to a statement released on the official Gotham Knights Twitter account, the team says the launch that the title will launch worldwide in 2022. WB says the delay is so the team can have, in quotes, more time to deliver the best possible experience for players, end quote. So it's a shame, but it's necessary. Like, I think this isn't going to be the last game we hear that's been delayed for this year. Mm. I think this is going to be the first of many. Like, obviously, we copped some last year with with COVID starting to really take hold last year and, and the fact that it's still around and still changing the way we all work and how we go about things. Uh, it, it's going to 
extend lead times for for everything in the world, yeah. whether it be a game, whether it be a product, whether it be you know you, you name it. Like every industry is impacted by this, and uh, I think this is going to be the first of many we're going to see kicked into 2022 and beyond. It, it sucks, but I like that they got out in front of it. They said it straight away. It was clear. Like there's no gray area. They're like it's out next year. We need more time. Sorry, fans, but we'll be back soon. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this is probably one of those where we heard about it only last year and for them to also have said that it was going to come out this year, I think we were all kind of like, mm, will it though? Like, And if it didn't have a definitive release date, that maybe they themselves were kind of like, ooh, <laughs> maybe not. So, uh, like, I'm sad, but as I've kind of stated, we've got a million and one other games that we can play, and if this time helps them make a better game, then, yeah, so be it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, park your hate, anyone that's out there that's that's potentially complaining about things like this, because, yeah, the world's a, the world's a messed up place, uh, and, you know, that's uh, not going to change anytime soon mm-hmm. for a whole host of reasons, but... Yeah, there's real people making this game and it's going to come out when it's ready and just get ready for more delays. I think we're going to hear more and more of these. Like we still haven't got any concrete dates on Horizon Zero Dawn or the next uh, God of War, things like that. I think God of War especially is probably a big chance to be kicked into 2022. Mm. Uh, There's so many games that have just got the year attached to it for release at the moment, which I think will be slipping and sliding into next year. So it's going to be a good year to... uh, Clear out the back catalogue, I think, as far as your games list goes. Yeah, there's plenty out there. And speaking of plenty out there, Microsoft is going to be holding an Xbox Indie Game Showcase event on the 26th of March or 27th of March here in the AU. The showcase will be hosted on Twitch and feature over 100 games. Expect wow. brand new game announcements from developers and publishers such as Drinkbox, Curve Digital, Devolver Digital and Dear Villages. Microsoft said it was also debut new trailers and gameplay for more than 25 games, including Stalker 2, Second Extinction, Ex- uh, Second Extinction, The Ascent, The Wild at Heart, Void Train, XO1, and more. And expect announcements about indie games coming to Xbox and Xbox Game Pass, Microsoft have said. So this is cool. This is, this is coming out this week. 100 games. Microsoft are just riding a really good wave of positive press and announcements at the moment. Mm. And this is going to just... Add to that even more. I'm super excited. We've got Drinkbox in there who did Guacamelee, which I freaking loved. And we also have Devolver Digital making an appearance there. So um, I'm I'm ready for it. 100 games they're going to announce. Like obviously some of them are probably just going to be like little tiny games kind of thing. But then you're also going to have some big games. I mean, and they've mentioned good old Game Pass. So we're obviously yep. going to get a good, uh, good dose of some new games that are probably going to come straight to Game Pass. So... Yeah, I'm I'm keen as a bean. I'm I'm excited to see another trailer for Stalker Two. Yeah. Uh, the the first trailer certainly got my attention, and the original game back in the day on PC was phenomenal. So that second extinction, obviously with the uh, the dinosaur battles and things like that, I'm I'm still uh, open and interested. And yeah, then we've got another ninety eight odd games that we're going to see. Yeah. So uh, bring it on, bring it on. Like um yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for this. And uh, as you mentioned, Game Pass. That uh, leads us into this next uh, little nugget. And uh, Game Pass the Duchy, as I wrote in my very sleep-deprived state Ooh, at about 12.30 last night. Um, there was once upon a time when Xbox Game Pass announcements would come along every month or every couple of weeks at most. This week, though, is not one of those weeks. So on the back of not only that upcoming Xbox Indie Showcase, uh, they've also confirmed a raft of upcoming games uh, headed to the service this week as well as already announced or released at time of recording today. So grabbed a bit of info from Eurogamer here. And uh, yeah, they've announced another 10 or so games this past week. Half of them are already out and the other ones are coming out this week. Uh, And the biggest uh, couple, obviously, we've got uh, Square Enix on the back of their Square Enix Presents. Octopath Traveler is making its way to Xbox Game Pass on the 25th slash 26th of March. Uh, which is a big get. It's been a PC and Nintendo Switch exclusive up until now. Uh, On the back of that also, cult favorite Undertale hits Game Pass. Uh, It's already out. So it dropped on the 16th slash 17th of March. Uh, Obviously, it came out many years ago, but uh, yeah, it's now available on Game Pass and is well worth a look. 
Uh, outside of that, Empire of Sin, Near Automata, Star Wars Squadron, Torchlight 3 have all arrived on the 18th slash 19th of March. And then if we're jumping back to that 25th slash 26th of March date, Genesis Noir, Octopath Traveler, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, Supraland, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life uh, are coming out then. And then Narita Boy joins on the 30th of March with Outriders a day later. My goodness gracious. Uh, there's some big games there, like Near Automata is another one. Star Wars Squadrons is big on Game Pass. Mm. That's But some of these as well, uh, you need to look at the fine print. Some of them might only be console or PC version of Game Pass, yes. where not all of them are across both. So just be mindful of that. But goodness gracious, a lot of games coming at you. Yeah, full disclosure, I've actually been uh, kind of brought up on the fact that yeah, Game Pass is great on the Xbox, but on PC, it's a little bit behind, um, according to a lot of fans. So um, a lot of these games that are kind of getting announcements, like we knew like Squadrons and such, um, but having these games on the PC platform, um, it's apparently taken some time. A lot of people were expecting to get the EA games on PC as soon as with Xbox, but apparently it's the whole process of getting it onto PC has taken a lot longer than uh, being yeah. able to play it on. It's out now, though. It dropped yes. this past week. Yes. So EA Play has landed on Game Pass for PC as well. So there is, uh, <laughs> I think it's 60 games, I think, on EA Play. Quite a bit. I think it's around there that you've got access to now through, yeah, the Game Pass PC version. So, yeah, but like a couple of the big ones there, like Outriders, it's not coming to Game Pass PC. It's just uh, console and cloud. So be mindful of that if you are looking to get in day one with your your fellow Outrider mates and mm. uh, you know tame Enoch. But uh, yeah, great service. It just keeps on giving. Yeah, it really does shine now, and I'm seeing more and more and more general hype about it. Like a lot of like you obviously see a lot of uh, Microsoft Xbox purists hyping up Game Pass and kind of saying like how amazing is this but I'm now seeing people on the other side of the fence kind of just saying like holy shit like some people people have been sending out tweets saying like I I don't have to buy a game for like a year like there's so much out there so um yeah I'm really really interested to see like how like Microsoft has gone about with like offering these titles out there and just having this service, this, you know, this Netflix of video gaming. It's been incredible. It's And we're only probably going to see more in the next week. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Like I know I know we harp about it and preach about it <laughs> like every week on, on the Hungry Gamers Church mm. of Church of Game Pass. But <laughs> it's it's just a service that like if you don't have it, like if you can get it, why do you not have it? Like if you can, if you've got an Xbox and you don't have this service, what are you doing? That's that's the big thing here. Like you're saving so much money and you've got so many games at your fingertips. It is the best. But uh, moving on to the, the last bit of news and this isn't the best. This is a, a complete opposite to probably everything else we've been talking about mm. here. And I've just titled this one In the Eye of the Storm. Blizzard doing Blizzard things. <laughs> so this past week, Activision Blizzard reportedly laid off nearly 190 employees, including 50 employees from the company's esports division. And uh, yeah, that equates to roughly 2% of the company's uh, total employee numbers, uh, which is huge. 50 of those employees obviously were in the esports division. US workers laid off will receive a minimum of 90 days of severance pay and health benefits for up to a year, which is great. Uh, according to Bloomberg, each employee laid off was given a $200 gift card to Battle.net, which is the company's <laughs> online video game storefront. But then furthermore, adding to this, it's also been reported that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick is set to pocket a payout of up to $200 million US based on a shareholder value creative incentive clause, which is in uh, part of Kotick's 2016 employment agreement. So on the one hand, they've fired 200 staff. And on the other hand, the CEO who already earns 30 million US a year is getting a $200 million bonus just based off the, the increase in, in Blizzard stock numbers uh, over the past uh, you know, six to 12 months. So fuck you, Blizzard. This is gross. This is so gross. It is really, really bad. And just seeing the lineup, like, like granted, it's something that he had in his 
employment agreement. So I guess he was the smart one um, when writing up his employment agreement and signing up as uh, CEO of Blizzard. But just seeing that shit when, you know, being one of the 190 workers that just got laid off and then seeing that big boss is getting a $200 million, like, pay, like, yeah. in any company. The timing couldn't be any it's, worse. It's horrible. It couldn't be any worse. Like, speaking from a very real um, stance of uh, working in retail, uh, we were constantly told that we had to cut back on staff because, oh, money's tight, guys. Money's tight. You know, we need to cut back on staff. You've got to look after three departments. You've got to work longer hours. You know, everyone's struggling. And then we got this stupid fucking flyer that they decided to post up right where we sign in that our our illustrious leader decided to get a like million dollar bonus or something like that. And it's just like, are you freaking serious? <laughs> so it's the same. I could only imagine what the employees are thinking right now. So it sucks. It's yeah. shitty. It's so shitty. It's really gross. And I think I think the other part that really irks me in this whole statement is that the like it's it's nice that they're getting health benefits for up to a year. Okay, that's the least you could do, but then you you give them a two hundred dollar gift card to the to the, the Battlenet service. Like come on. Isn't, now, that, man. isn't that you paying out to get money back in? That sounds like money laundering. <laughs> It is in a way, you know, like it's just, it's this boomerang where it's like, here you go, even though, you know, it's coming back into your wallet eventually anyway. Yeah. Like it's, it's gross. It's so gross. Maybe like buy a few loot if boxes I got fired by you're... a business and then they go, here's, here's a coupon to come buy something at a reduced price. When you like, I'd be like, no, fuck you. You just fired me. I never want anything to do with you ever again. I'd sell it for like 180 to some kid. It's like $200 gift card. I'll buy it off me for 180 or something yeah <laughs> give me money yeah, give me the cash give me the cash yeah. but yeah it's like I, I know businesses go through situations like this where hiring and firing and stuff like that depending on market but the fact that their their stock and the, the value of activision blizzard is peaking yeah. and yet they're still firing 200 staff and then throwing a 200 million dollar bonus to uh bobby kotick it's just yeah, it's just it's Activision nasty. Blizzard doing more of the shit that they do. Yeah. Like, they make some great games, but how they make them and how they support them and how they're positioned in the market is totally opposite to the quality of the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so fucked. It's, it has to be the esports genre, right? Because I'm trying to think of what Blizzard's really brought out recently that would be, like, launching the shareholders, um, this, like, what 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 would be launching it apart from the esports, you know, connection to um, oh, I've forgotten the name of that game. Overwatch. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, I think it's probably too on the back of the announcements as far as Diablo Four coming out with the mm. remaster of Diablo Two, Overwatch Two in in the way. So I think it's just they're riding a bit of that. Hi. hypothetical momentum yeah. you know the games aren't aren't out but they're coming so people are like oh shit yeah blizzard are gonna be great also you know, these games are coming i'm keen didn't blizzard activision recently get fined by like some like either europe or a country in europe or something like that because of their loot box uh, Ooh, yeah. shenanigans Ooh, yeah. so they had to pay a hefty for that but they they've got money <laughs> clearly yeah <laughs> Somewhere. It's, uh, yeah and it's just this this whole week of, of these announcements where they're yeah two percent of the employees are gone, but Mr. CEO here's two hundred million like like yes that's in his contract and it's you know it's not like these things aren't interconnected in any way in that regard yeah. but like stagger these announcements like <laughs> if that bonus is there try and delay it a month like let this shit cool down at least in before you know you, your staff are out the door and then there's this big truck of money getting backed up to the to the door at the same time for the ceo it's like come on now man like yeah chances are they had to um they had to disclose it regardless yeah, for tax and purposes and stuff obviously you know when this sort of stuff happens well because of what blizzard activision is known for there's always going to be someone like looking over them with like a microscope just waiting for them yeah. to fuck up so. 
Yeah, but it sucks. Hopefully, hopefully those 190-ish employees find work quickly and, and get into a situation that's that's good for them short and long term because, uh, yeah, it sucks, but that's big business sometimes, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're just a cog in a machine with a lot of these companies. Just so, a number. Uh, just a number. Just a number. Speaking of numbers, these are some of the things dropping this week. New releases and events. Obviously, episode 233 of The Hungry Game, as you listen to right now, so you know that is uh, available in your ear holes. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, Hoop Dreams number 33 drops, as well as Is This Thing On? Number nine, exclusive Kofi podcast, which is going to be recorded on the back of Hoop Dreams. So it's going to have myself, Jono, and Matt Tilby talking about things that I don't even know what yet, but it's going to be great. So uh, yeah, get that podcast in your ears exclusively over at kofi.com forward slash we are bit uh, on Wednesday full access drops for cocktail club number three with uh, Benny McJanet and Wilco from Locked On Lads Riffin I think they had chocolate mudslides if I remember right was the cocktail in question that they were devouring <laughs> on that pod I haven't had a cocktail in forever but every time Benny posts about a new episode and showing the drinks that he's making I'm just like shit, maybe I can make these at home myself because mm-hmm. they look so mm-hmm. good. You really could. Yeah, I love cocktails. So good. I love cocktails. They're so good. Uh, on Thursday, The Hungry Game Show episode 16 drops via early access over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit and sees Nathan Tilly, longtime friend of the show, battling GoldenEye 007 slash GoldenEye 64, depending on uh, which way you've been brought up to... Uh, mention that game so uh that was a hell of an episode we recorded that one just yesterday and uh it was good fun talking about uh slappers the game only that at the time yeah yeah slappers only golden gun the game came out you know didn't have much hype leading up to the release and then when it came out it just uh really changed console co-op uh, competitive multiplayer like it was one of the games that really blew it up and um, it was cool to go into some of the back-end history of this game and, and talk some of the facts and, and funny quirks about it. So, uh, yeah, it's available early access this week over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. On Friday, as we mentioned, uh, the Xbox Indie Showcase is going to be broadcast over on Twitch. And uh, we've also got then uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode number two dropping uh, over next weekend as well. So plenty of content from us as well as also the broader gaming world and, and geek culture worlds there to uh, keep you keep you entertained and keep you busy. Miss mm. Hart, anything else you wanted to, to mention or highlight before maybe we close this sucker down for another week? No, I think I'm good for today, unfortunately. I'm going to be icing these wounds. <laughs> Gotta go rest these abs. <laughs> rest these abs. Rest these abs. All right, Apeit Nation. It has been our pleasure to bring you episode 233 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're going to be back uh, next week for the world first episode of 234. But until next time, Apeit Nation, much love and stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I just got a message from... uh from KFC letting me know that the uh, the $10 popcorn chicken buckets are not going to be around forever. Wait, what? Why not? Oh, they, they just do it time to try and get people hyped. That's but $10 for a big old bucket of popcorn chicken. Sign me the fuck up. It's so good. I, I buy that and then I buy a gravy and just like pour it all no, over the top. No, no, as fucking... is. As is. As is with that Pepsi Cola. <laughs>